Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. The uh, sexy liberal tour is on the road again after all this COVID craziness for the last couple of years. And boy, is it going to be exciting. Stephanie Miller, Hal Sparks, John Fugelsang, a whole bunch of other folks are going to be on stage at Sydney Harmon Hall in Washington, D.C. tomorrow for the Sexy Liberal Save Democracy Tour. There's more information at sexyliberal.com slash tour. And one of the folks who's gonna be there is the actor, comedian, radio host of Tell Me Everything right here on Sirius XM Progress Channel 127 at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And the host of the John Fugelsang podcast, John Fugelsang himself, johnfugelsang.com on the internet, John Fugelsang on Twitter. Hey, John, welcome back to the program. It's been too long. What's, uh, how's everything going? Tom, it is such an honor to be back on your show. As you know, I think you are the greatest hero to progressives uh, next to Liz Cheney. Really, when I think of liberals, I think uh, Liz, Liz Cheney and you, Tom. That's 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 where it's come to. God bless you, John. <laughs> we wait 20 years, Tom. We wait 20 years to see a Cheney get punished for lying. And instead, we see a Cheney get punished for telling the truth. It's just a beautiful kind of world we live in. It really is wild, isn't it, John? So tell me about the sexy liberal tour. What, you know, your involvement in what, how, what people should expect, how, you know, what, 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 what's the deal here? Well, first off, you should know I, I play the role of tour myself. Uh, Stephanie Miller and Hal Sparks play the role of sexy. Uh, this is a tour that, uh, that I talked Stephanie Miller into doing 10 years ago. We began it back in Madison, Wisconsin in 2011 at the height of the incredible uh, union uprising against their former governor. And it just sort of took off. And over the last 10 years, we've done it a lot some years, sparingly other years. We've been joined on stage by everybody from... Lily Tomlin to Martin Sheen, from Nancy Pelosi to Premier Jayapal to Rob Reiner, Ted Lieu. Uh, we get lots of great comics from uh, Aisha Tyler and Margaret Cho and Daryl Hammond have all done the tour in the past. We're coming back to D.C. to Sydney Harmon Hall for our first show on the East Coast in four years this coming weekend. And it's the first time we've done a show with the original tour lineup of Stephanie Miller, Hal Sparks, and me. Glenn Kirshner is going to be one of our very special guests. And it's really uh, what officially kicks off midterm season, Mr. Hardman. Midterms begin with a big party where uh, I get to do a lot of material about a lot of people who really deserve it. That's great. We need to laugh. That and, is um, it's, absolutely It's great. an incredible show. It's, it's For everyone, Tom, who like, 
it felt weird having an Obama bumper sticker on their car when they went to their job or their church. It's amazing to see a 2000 seat room and people being like, oh, my God, there's no red hats. We're, we're all somewhat on the same page here. So it's always a big party. <laughs> Sexyliberal.com slash tour is the website if you want to sign up and, uh, you know, be there or be square this this weekend in D.C. John, uh, on, a, on a more serious note, I'm curious, you know, you, you do a show here on, on Sirius XM also. And and uh, get a lot of feedback from your audience and whatnot. What in your mind is the number one issue in America right now? Wow, let's go with, let's go with the light chat. I mean, getting, getting private money out of politics, yeah. I guess would be the square root of everything. I Having publicly right. funded elections would, would certainly start to do something about poverty and voting rights and climate science. Uh, I, I, I'd love to see just legalized bribery be taken away. So that's my big, my big macro issue right there, Tom. In the meantime, I think it's, uh, it's all about turnout for the mm -hmm. landscape we have you know and you tell your listeners all the time and i'm one of your loyal listeners when there's high turnout uh, democrats do better when there's low turnout the status quo always benefits so yeah. my solution is um we clone stacy abrams 49 times and give every state their own stacy abrams and we'll finally see some movement going did you see the new york times trash talked her yesterday or the day before yeah. you know with with one of their typical well, some Democrats are concerned about the candidate that they have. Oh, my God. You know, and they quote these. Uh, it's just bizarre. I mean, she is so good. I, 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 so good. It's, but again, that, that's the New York Times. You know this. The media is not liberal. The no. media is terrified of being called liberal. Yeah. And the New York Times will never stop doing what CNN and cable news does all too often, constantly chasing a Fox News audience they will never get. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and it's an absolute screaming tragedy. Uh, and, and it's so wrong. I mean, it's just it, it is just so wrong. I've, I mean, my, look, they, they should take on Democrats. I don't want to see, you know, uh, it, it's not a liberal media. If you rubber stamp everything Democrats do, you should hold Democrats feet to the fire and challenge them. But this whole both sides isms, Tom, it's just gotten insane. Our mainstream media now, I, I, I'll tell you, Tom, this is this is your mainstream media. Can you believe how far these two extremes have gone? What about real America? The far right, you've got white nationalists who want more guns and have armed overthrow of the government, and these whack jobs on the far left, they want to give health care to everybody. It's insane, Tom. You've got fascism on this side and let women have control of their own bodies on this side. I, I don't know what, what to think anymore. <laughs> Exactly. Well, great imitation of the New York Times. <laughs> Very I mean, well done. These, these nut jobs on the right, Tom, why Why they want to sunset Social Security and Medicare. They want more guns. They want fascism and civil war. And these nut jobs on the left want Medicare to cover vision, hearing and dental. Both sides do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Although, you know, sadly, they're they're going Many of them are going into other areas, you know, uh, trashing trans people and things like that that are not yeah, well, that are not issues that are well understood by most Americans, frankly. And, and so it's kind of low hanging right? fruit for them. But, but that's the trick when we're talking about revoltingly fake Christianity. And you're one of the few broadcasters who does that well. Um, you know, Jesus, whether you believe in him as a literal figure or just uh, the original innocent brown skinned man executed by the state or a myth, Jesus always fought for the marginalized people. Whoever was down, that's who he stood up for. Lepers, prostitutes, despised foreign minorities like Samaritans. Trump Christianity, the modern GOP, it's all about punching down and trashing the marginalized. Whether it's trans kids who want to use a bathroom they're comfortable in, trans soldiers 
who, who want to serve this country. Syrian refugees, undocumented immigrants, the Christian refugees at our southern border. It's the greatest tell as to how Christianity for right-wing America is a racket that they're always, always going off persecuting the least of these. Yeah, and, and it's truly tragic. John, my sense of it is, and I'm, I'm wary of even saying this out loud, so I say it with a large uh, knocking wood here, is that this fall, we're gonna have a Democratic blowout. And, and I think the Dobbs decision probably was the major galvanizing force, but increasingly the mask is slipping. You know, the, the whole God's guns and gays thing that, the, that has worked so well for the Republican Party since the Reagan revolution, um, doesn't seem to have the potency it did. And you've got, you know, the Dobbs decision and all the obvious corruption in the GOP and the successes of Democrats in the last couple of years in doing things um, are waking people the hell up. Uh, so I'm, I'm very optimistic, actually. How about you? Well, yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I'm not an optimist. I'm a recovering cynic. And obviously, <laughs> Roe v. Wade, well, the dog finally caught the car. For years, I thought they'll never outlaw Roe v. Wade. As long as politicians have mistresses, abortion will be safe. But after they kneecapped Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court in 2016, that was what woke me up. Yeah. And so seeing how they finally did it, and they're reeling from how incredibly historically unpopular taking rights away from Americans are in a country now where women have fewer rights than their mothers or their grandmothers, that's going to drive turnout for the next several decades. But you also nailed it. You have this Inf Inflation Reduction Act, which is huge. I mean, drug prices are going to get cheaper. The Chips and the Science Act, uh, which was huge for American manufacturing. The PACT Act, the first gun control bill in three decades. Joe Biden created more jobs in his first year than ever in history. But you've also got, Tom, gas prices are down. Uh, and let's thank the Republicans for just having a replay of 2012 and running these deranged lunatics and petulant ticks and grifter reality show quacks. Uh, my God, Mitch McConnell's having a, a, just an aneurysm over this. But you look yeah. at this, the low quality of GOP nominees, it's a good thing. Yeah, it used to be Todd Aiken was the exception. Now he's the norm. <laughs> it's amazing. The comment section took over the party. There you go. John Fugel saying, sexy liberal tour, sexyliberal.com slash tour is the website. Check it out, johnfugelsang.com and John Fugel saying on Twitter. Thanks, John. Thank you, Tom. Tim in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, Tim, what's on your mind today? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about how divided we are as a country where, because I, I run a podcast with a friend of mine, and the, the whole point of this podcast is to show people that liberals and conservatives can get, get along. Well, my friend, he's a conservative. I'm a liberal, and he's he's been working with the Walters campaign since the very beginning. I mean, this guy goes to Kevin Stitt's dinners. He's, you know, you see him in pictures of all of them. But the moment that I go out and try to promote myself as the liberal side of this, they, I mean, they just bombarded him this morning with a bunch of negative uh, text messages telling him that, you know, they're going to cut him out if, if he continues to associate himself with me. Whoa. And... Yeah, it's is and Ryan himself even uh, had a conversation with him about it, and it's it is crazy to me that we can't even get politicians to acknowledge that other people exist that have different points of view and perspectives, yeah. and uh, you know it makes me sad for the country because that's just going to harm us in the long run. It's 
you know, either our way or no way. Is this is this is the across. pitch that Rush Limbaugh pioneered in the late 80s and early 90s and has has become, you know, kind of a variation on, uh, you know, oh, you want to marry the, that person of that race or that religion? You know, you, you can't do that. Uh, you know, it's that like that kind of thing, you know, where where, uh, you know, uh, uh, I've been watching The Sopranos, you know, the Italian families. You're going to marry a person who's not an Italian? Oh, my God, you can't do that. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And, and it's like, you know, religion and race and, uh, you know, tribe, as it were. Uh, you know, it's a, these are core instincts within us to want to associate with family and, and feel, or at least feel safer, I, I suppose, in some ways initially. And, and part of growing up is going beyond that, is, is realizing that, you know, differences are good things and we can learn from each other. And, uh, but the Republican Party has done such a great job of branding itself as the party of rural voters, as the party of uh, NASCAR, as the party of guns, God, and, and, and hating on gays, um, that they have become more than just a political party. They've become, they've become a tribe, they've become a brand. And, uh, you know, and the Democrats, you know, they do that to some extent, but it's, it's nothing close to that um, in my experience. I mean, you know, uh, occasionally when I have Republicans on the program and, and debate them, I'll get some, you know, flack on Twitter or whatever from somebody saying, well, how dare you talk to that Republican? You know, Julio is terrible, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, they're the, they're the outliers. The, the majority of people enjoy hearing a debate. I, I'm, I'm sorry for, you know, Tim, that your, that your efforts are, 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 are you guys going to push through it? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of like me and that I don't go with my party just because it's my party. Yeah. And he basically told them, is like, you know what, if you don't like it, then you can, you know, you Stop can just it. go on. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, it. I kind of feel bad to a degree because, you know, I'm I'm out there talking negative towards him. But then, you know, this blows up and, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. It's, it is what it is, though, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Well, Tim, good luck. And I wish you well yeah, with your podcast you. and, and uh, you know, keep us up to date. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Nicholas in uh, San Cristobal, Mexico. Hey, Nicholas, what's up? I'm actually in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, um, cool. I'm going to go quick here if I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know how great it is. Kentucky, please. This is Mitch McConnell turf. Um, I traveled Tuesday. There's a point to this. And it's, I'll say it first because I sometimes get cut off because I'm so long-winded, although I try not to be. The point I'm making is we got to do everything we can between now and November to talk to everybody. We can get the vote out Talk to people, talk to people, everybody you run into. I traveled 21 hours on Tuesday. This was after a very serious, I'm sorry to say, fall I suffered two weeks ago. Nothing broke, but wow. I am a mess and required a lot of assistance. There's a point to this as well. You have shaken body syndrome. Army of what, uh, oh, by the way, rest in peace, Barbara Ehrenreich. Yeah, about to, 81 yeah, years old. Yeah, that so bummed me out when I read that a bit in the time, the early morning. The whole day, it was like, oh, no, a voice we need. But the people she referred to sometimes as the invisible workers in America, you know, in nickel and dime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was dependent on all these people, and I'm very chatty. I'm easy to talk to. When I tell people I want to know how they're doing, they actually believe me because they get it from me, right? You understand? Mm-hmm. So... They're so ready to talk, to tell you these people, they're all, almost all of them are working two jobs. They're still not making it. Many of them are single women. Some are single men. Are you talking Everybody folks in the, in the hospital complaint. or just people you're running into as you travel? No, no, no. Through the airports traveling oh, okay. for those 21 hours. Right. Okay. I was talking to everybody, food uh-huh. servers, wheelchair attendants, airline people. I mean... And, and I got to tell you, the, the discouragement is palpable out there. Yeah. They don't know what to do. So many of them, I hate to say it, are not going to vote, or at least we're not planning on voting until I got finished railing at them about how much it really does matter. Mm-hmm. And that although the Democrats may never be able to give them everything they want and deserve and need, they're a hell of a lot better than the GOP, which is simply out to destroy their lives mostly. They don't have health care and on and on and on. A lady next to 40-year-old Latina attorney from Atlanta, uh, from Mexico City, she was flying after visiting her mind. She's moving back to Mexico because her daughter, her little daughter was spit on in the Catholic Church, and the assistant priest at the church told her he did not want her driving her BMW to service anymore because it was upsetting the congregation because she was doing better than they were. Wow. I mean, this stuff is everywhere. Once you start talking to the so-called invisible workers upon whom we all depend so much, these people deserve so much better than they're getting, and they don't believe the Democrats are going to help them. we got to do everything we can to get out the vote. Everybody listening, talk to everybody you encounter, whether it's somebody bagging your groceries, whatever. Talk to everybody. Convince them to vote. We haven't a lot of time. And if we don't win these, as you know, 
I'm thinking by the way you it's pretty much over. We yeah. have better hold the House and gain a couple in the Senate. I'm with you. I'm with you. Nicholas, thank yeah. you. And good on you for being yeah. an ambassador you know, for well, for the fate and future of America, frankly, and the well, world. Yeah, well, you know, you more than I, for God's sake, I'm just one person, you know, spitting in the wind here, but I'm doing what I can. Yeah. And everybody must, up. is my point. Keep it's it up. It's on us all to do what we can there. There you go. Well said, Nicholas. Thanks a lot for the call. A couple of stories I wanted to share with you real quickly here. Uh, today is the uh, anniversary of the uprising uh, at the Attica, Attica Prison in uh, upstate New York. It happened on September 9, 1971. Uh, 1,281 convicts occupied an exercise field. It was called D Yard, where they held, I, I remember this well, where they held 39 prison guards and employees hostage for four days. And finally, the, uh, the prison authorities came in and basically just machine gunned the place and, and not only killed the t 10 of the hostages and 29 of the, uh, of the inmates, uh, but seriously injured 89 other people. It was just, just s s a horrible way to end this uh, standoff. The uh, inmates were cr frustrated with the chronic overcrowding. They were complaining about censorship of their letters. They were complaining about uh, limit, living conditions that limited them to one shower a week and run, one roll of toilet paper a month. And, uh, and many of them were thinking of themselves, uh, probably correctly so, as political prisoners. I mean, you know, keep in mind, this was Richard Nixon's war on drugs, which was, as John Ehrlichman later told us, his war on black people and on hippies. And uh, some of them were, were ending up in, in Attica. Uh, autopsies show, by, by the way, the, after the, the raid, the, this bloody raid, uh, 89 people injured, 10 hostages, uh, you know, a bunch of inmates were killed. After that, the authorities came out and said that it was the uh, inmates who had done the killing and that they were slashing people's throats and stuff like that. Uh, they, in fact, they even claimed that one of the hostages had been castrated. It made the news. I mean, it was wild, these wild accusations coming out of, the, out of the prison authorities at Attica. But when they did the autopsies, what they found was that all 10 of the hostages had simply been shot to death by the police. It was that simple. This was the worst pri prison riot in U.S. history. 43 people killed, including the 39 in the yard. And, and afterwards, the, the police engaged in these brutal reprisals against the prisoners, forcing them to run a gauntlet of nightsticks, to crawl naked across broken glass and uh, other tortures and, you know, and then not giving them medical care afterwards. Uh, in January of 2000, a New York State uh, judge ordered an $8 million uh, settlement to be given to former and current inmates. It went uh, to about 500 people who were inmates in that prison. But we still have a prison system that is based on the idea of punishment rather than rehabilitation. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that when people come out of prison, there's a high level of recidivism, you know, uh, offending again here in the United States. It's the complete opposite in Norway, for example, and Michael Moore lays this out in his movie, Where to Invade Next. And if you've never seen that movie, you need to, you need to watch that movie, um, uh, Where to Invade Next by Michael Moore. And he goes to Norway and he visits their prisons. And their entire focus is on rehabilitation, on bringing people back into society. I mean, yes, there's the occasional person like Anders Brevik, the guy who murdered 74 uh, people, including children, because they were liberals. 
um, you know, who's going to be in one of these prisons for the rest of his life. So they do have, you know, the ability to hold people. Uh, he's got a 20-year sentence, but there will be more after that. But basically, their, their job though, is to bring people back into society and, uh, and, and bring them back into society in a way that's not a threat to society. And I think that that's something that we should be talking about, and we don't. Another important story in the news today is, and this is really good news, is uh, this uh, town in Connecticut, or this county, Bucks County, Connecticut, um, the, this, there's a company that privatizes septic systems, sewer systems for cities. And uh, there's about 100,000 residents in, in, in the 31 towns across Bucks County, uh, Montgomery and Chester counties. And they pay an average right now of around $48 a month for their, for their water and sewer. And uh, which is pretty good. Uh, we're paying over $100 a month here in Portland. But according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, this company, Aqua, which uh, the, it was proposed, you know, they were proposing to privatize the sewer system and the water system of this company, uh, they were going to double that. They were going to raise the rate to $88 a month. Because, you know, whenever you privatize anything, the, the quality goes down because now the company's looking to cut corners to increase profits. And the cost goes up. It's very simple. I mean, you know, neoliberals and conservatives and Republicans have been selling us on privatization forever. And for a while, we bought on it. We bought it. And, uh, you know, it, it has not done us any good. It is not a good thing. Finally, in Georgia, there's a big concern. We are now learning that one of the, uh, 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 one of the people who was, you know, one of these Trump humpers who wanted to audit the election and find the election fraud and all this kind of nonsense actually got access uh, Kathy Latham, who was one of the fake electors uh, who tried to cast a vote for Trump in Georgia, actually escorted computer technicians into the elections office where they cloned the software for the Dominion voting machines in Georgia. So the software for those voting machines are now in the hands of Trump humpers. And there are a number of people in Georgia who are saying, okay, time to stop this right now and go back to paper. And I'm with them. You, I, you know, I, I, frankly, I don't think we need voting machines, and we should be able to vote on paper. Yeah, you can tabulate it by machine and, and uh, all that sort of thing. That's what we do here in Oregon. But 100% uh, of our vote in Oregon is on paper because, you know, everything is done by mail, and it works really, really well. Well, in Pennsylvania, they're starting to get really freaked out, and the, the administration is saying not to worry, even though they've got the software. That doesn't tell them how to break into the machines or how to hack it or anything. It just you know, tells them what the software does and proves, by the way, that the Dominion voting software does not, you know, is not rigged in favor of Democrats. It's just that you know, America is rejecting Republicans. It's very simple. So anyhow, picking up your phone call, Scott in Houston, Texas. Hey, Scott, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom, I'm a, I'm a libertarian, and I had a question. I, um, you were talking about Citizens United, and I've, uh, I have a question for you regarding that. And, and I, I'm not one. I work for a large corporation. I, I understand there's needs and wants of what corporations want, and, and there's, there's all kinds of lobbying that goes on. There's a lot of corporate corruption that goes on. Um, but what are your thoughts on zero corporate tax in lieu of overturning Citizens United? Um, if, if you don't want corporations to donate to politicians, take out the reasons 
one huge reason why they lobby corporations in the first place, and that's zero taxation. We all know that corporate taxes are just the government's way of taxing poor people. I mean, that that's the, those taxes are passed down, whether in the price of the product or in jobs, because I see it myself. I've been in the corporate world for over 20 years. That's what happens when corporate taxes go up. Either they lay people off, they raise the price of their goods. Uh, it's it's usually one of those two things. But like you talk about, they, they cost cut when corporate taxes are high. Okay, there's and, a bunch, of, there's a bunch of stuff there, Scott. Let's just take it one at a time. Right? Number one, um, and, and, you know, there's no shortage of studies that demonstrate this. When corporate taxes, when, when corporations start showing profits so that they have to pay taxes. First of all, let's be very clear. Um, this show, for example, is a corporation. I've been running corporations for f- literally 50 years, my whole, my whole entire life. I've been an entrepreneur. And very rarely have my corporations ever paid taxes because at the end of the year, uh, you, you know, if you're a corporation, uh, you look around and you say, okay, what can I spend money on right now that is tax deductible? Okay, we're going to expand advertising for our program. We're going to buy our new equipment at the end of the year that we've been you know, holding off on for a year or two. These are all tax deductions. We're going to give people raises. Um, in some cases, owners take bonuses. So what you see is that the vast majority of American corporations, over 95% of American corporations, pay no corporate income taxes ever because they do that kind of practice, which is just very widespread in small businesses. I don't disagree with so, you. I don't number, disagree that's number with you one. All, I, number two, no, let me go yeah. through your points here, Scott. Number two, okay. no. when cor- there's, and, and this is, there's no shortage of studies on this, when, when corporations do have to pay taxes, they only pay taxes on their profits, and all that does is reduce the profit that can be distributed in the form of dividends or bonuses to stockholders and senior executives. And so, no, it's not true that corporate taxes get passed along to consumers or to, uh, you know, to communities or, or are used for layoffs. No, because any company that is in so much trouble that they have to lay people off or they have to raise prices is not showing a profit, and so they're not paying taxes. So it's a complete BS argument. Number three, no, you're, so, you're arguing... Well, you, you know, Scott, you can squeal about it all you want, but, you know, I'm right and you're wrong on this. And, and just common sense shows it, right? Because corporations only pay taxes when they're profitable. So we're only talking about profitable corporations. If a corporation is unprofitable, fine. They lay off people. They reduce the cost of their products, you know, in order to survive or whatever. But that's, that's not because of taxes. It's got nothing to do with taxes. And, and number three, Tom, when, your when original suggestion divide. was, why don't we end, you know, do away with Citizens United in exchange for doing away with the corporate income tax? Why should corporations not pay for their share of what's going on around here? I mean, you've got corporations that are polluting the environment. You've got corporations that are using police and fire services. You've got corporations that are using our roads. You've got corporations who can only function. Because their citizens, the people that they hire, got a good public education. All those things are paid for by taxes. Why should corporations be free riders? Then put a minimum tax on them and and do not let them have write-offs. My my point, Tom, is why do we give? Why does your show want to give ultimate power to the government, where the government is not, or the the corporations are not ones that are hurting me? In the end of the day, it's just something government. I don't want the try owing uh, a co- credit card a hundred thousand dollars at the end of the day, and then try uh, owing the IRS. Scott, do you trust the water that comes out of your faucet when you make coffee in the morning? Do I? No, I don't. 
Oh. Okay. Well, you, you know, I don't. that's that's I don't very sad, Scott. I mean, you know, my experience has been that government has provided us with clean water, good sanitation, good public schools, schools. an environment in which I can do business. And if somebody screws me, I can sue them through a court system that is paid for by government. Government provides the soil in which every business in this country is rooted. Government has has a huge role to play in the quality of life in America. And I get it that libertarians, you know, people like yourself have been suckered into this weird belief system by the right wing billionaires who don't want to pay any taxes and don't want to have any accountability and want to be able to pollute without end. You know, God, world without end. Amen. But, you know, it's it's wrong. I mean, your 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 worldview is dysfunctional, Scott. And I hope you eventually can you know kind of grow up and wake up to that. It's a it's it's great for high school kids. Right. They you know, they want they love it. But it really doesn't work in the real. This world. is the Tom Hartman program. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And welcome back. Boy, there's a lot going on in the world. And, uh, you know, just, oh, I got, I got to tell you about this. This is, this is just hysterical. Uh, before I pick up your phone calls, I'll get to you in just a second. Um, I just got an email from Donald Trump. And, you know, me and probably 70 million other Americans, maybe 100 million other Americans, it turns out, I mean, everybody is getting these things. It's amazing. He's, I, this is his new scam. Right. I mean, he's raised a half a billion dollars since he left office and he's putting it all in his back pocket. He's using it to, to prop up his failing businesses. So here's what he says. He says, uh, he says, Joe Biden hates America. It's all bold type, by the way. Joe Biden hates the MAGA movement. Joe Biden hates you and everything you stand for. He went on national television and lied about me and the patriotic Americans who support me. He's scared of us because he knows that despite his best efforts, we will not only save America, but we will make America great again. With your help, I want to make a statement so loud that even Sleepy Joe and his fake news friends won't be able to ignore us. I need you to rush in a donation and publicly show your support. And then, you know, a bunch of buttons like $200, $100, $50. Right. And of course, when you click on them, you know, the little check boxes that say, make this every month and make it automatic and add a bonus amount in two months. And, you know, let us totally rip you off. Those are all pre-checked. I mean, it's just, it's, this is as scammy as a scam can get. There's just no other way to describe it. So, you know, your thoughts about Trump and whether his scam is going to work and, and what his political future might be are, you know, more than welcome this morning. I'm, I'm, 
kind of skeptical about where he's going to go with all this and how it's going to shake out. Medicare Advantage also has a marketing plan. Axios is reporting that the annual complaints about the marketing of, of Medicare Advantage have exploded, just absolutely exploded. In 2016, there were 5,000 complaints to the Centers for Medicare Services. Um, in 2017, 5,000 complaints. 2018, 6,000 complaints. 2019, 12,000 complaints. Last year, 15,000 complaints. This year, 40,000 complaints, 39.6 thousand complaints. Axios is writing about it. And as a result, Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden, my senator from here in Oregon, or one of my two, Jeff Merkley is the other, and he, they're both brilliant progressive uh, members of the Senate, uh, launched an investigation. He's requesting information from 15 different state regulatory bodies, including examples of false or misleading marketing materials. I'll tell you, the most false and misleading is using the word Medicare to promote Medicare Advantage because it's not Medicare. It's private health insurance where you get screwed by private health insurance companies just like always, right? So number one, and that's, that's something that Ro Khanna and Mark Pocan are working on. And number two, uh, Lloyd Doggett, the Democrat from Texas, who's the chair of the House Ways and Means Health Subcommittee, and 30 other Democrats in, in Congress are making recommendations uh, about changes in that program, specifically and largely around these deceptive marketing practices. Because so many people think that they're buying Medicare when they're buying Medicare Advantage, when they're signing up for Medicare Advantage, and they're simply not. Uh, Axios goes on to note, complaints include beneficiaries being enrolled without any contact with a health plan, cross-selling, and, uh, and that sort of thing. The National Association of Insurance Commissioners sent a letter to Congress in May asking for states to be given the authority to regulate advertising and marketing of Medicare Advantage plans. And meanwhile, the Better Medicare Alliance, which is the, uh, basically the lobbying arm for these insurance companies that offer private Medicare plans, is saying, oh, no, everything's fine. We don't need Open enrollment starts on October 15th. So, you know, plan on things getting wild in October. So let me pick up some of your phone calls here. Sarah in Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Sarah, what's on your mind today? Uh, well, it's a little off topic, but I, I was in the hospital for eight days, so I, I feel a little devoid of, of facts and information because the only channel they offered was Fox TV. Honest to God? In yeah, Texas, in a hospital in yep. Texas, the only, literally, the only channel you could get with Fox News. That that was it. I mean, it was. I mean, you got a little bit of the basics, like local stuff, you know, but uh -huh. nothing of substance or, or anything. Did you complain? So I, I, well, I did. <laughs> they were like, well, we just do what we're told. Well, now might be a good time to 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 call the hospital administrators or call the president of the hospital's office or. I thought, yeah, yeah, and, and so, and I've got one of my neighbors. Her husband used to run that hospital, and so I thought about calling her and and. Um, right. One know. one of two things is happening. Either the whatever nurse is in charge of that floor, or somebody in authority on that floor uh, locally, essentially having to do with your room, or maybe even the previous but, resident of your room. But, then, no, I went. I went down to. I went down to to the bottom for physical therapy. It was the same thing. So this was a decision the made at the hospital. level of hospital management. 
Yeah, you need to yeah. you need to complain like hell. And and, and I wouldn't yeah, complain just to local thing. hospital management. I would contact whoever owns that hospital, because typically right. these hospitals but, are chains. Right, exactly. But th- that was the other thing I thought is, oh my gosh! I mean, is this happening across the board with with a lot of hospitals? You it know, may well I mean, be. it may well yeah, be. There's a lot of people who I are evangelists out there. We need to be aware of that and. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> well can you sarah if, after you've made a few phone calls to to find out who's who made this decision and what's going on can you call oh, me I'm, back and I'm, let me know i mean this might be a story worth passing along to people like judd legum you know some good investigative reporters and really you know blow this story open okay yeah i've actually planned to I, I need to get a little better and then uh then I can actually kind of move sure. around. Sure. Anything you find out, uh, A, you can tell me on the air, but B, uh, you can just tell Joyce and she'll write it down and pass yeah. it along to me and I'll do something Perfect. with it. Either, so. either way, but yeah, I just think that, that this is a story that needs to be told. I agree. And thank you for telling it. Sarah, thank you very sure. much. I look forward to our next conversation. Aaron in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hey, Aaron, what's up? So I want to thank you for all the wonderful information you give us. I'm relying heavily on it right now as I'm getting myself and my husband or trying to get us signed up for Medicare. Uh huh. Um, Good luck. And I am. <laughs> it can be a yeah, challenge. Thank you. Certainly need it. Uh, but what really astounds me, what I've noticed, and I've talked to several uh, people at SHIP, which is the, like the, the like the state agency to help uh, seniors do this, right. get get signed up for Medicare. And I've also talked to actual government Medicare people. Um, Nobody seems to know about these problems with Medicare Advantage. They're, they're, I just learned yesterday for sure that Part C is the thing to stay away from. Yeah, that is Medicare, Medicare Advantage. Advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that seems to be sort of obfuscated in a lot of this information and stuff. You're right. But the Trump administration my... rewrote a lot of the stuff on the, on the Medicare websites. And I, to the best of my knowledge, it hasn't been fixed. Well, my gosh! I, la- I last night I had my my one time one on one with a with a Medicare uh, person from the government Medicare office to, to answer all my questions, and he had no clue that um, insurance companies, if you took on Part C, that insurance companies could decline coverage just like they do right now on my on my group plan at work. Um, he he didn't know that, and not, and I've talked to other Medicare agents who. Um, they, they seem to push Medicare uh, Part C right along with all the other ones, uh, like, it's, like it's just one of the whole big government family. And, and I, I, I don't think that's right. Is that, is that a law that they're supposed to do that, or they're just not trained to understand the, the difference? Or, or My understanding of what it. happened is that during the Trump administration, the decision was made by the uh, director of Medicare, who is a Trump humping, uh, a Trump appointee, excuse me, um, was that Medicare would start officially promoting Medicare Advantage. And so the oh in, the internal documents that they share with the people that talk to people like you on the phone, the stuff on the Medicare website, all of it got rewritten essentially during the four years of the Trump administration to uh, make it seem like Medicare Advantage was just another option uh, in within Medicare. And, um, you know, the, the result is is exactly what you're describing. 
Um, even when people, you know, you, you don't, you, if you call one of those numbers that they advertise on TV, of course you're going to be talking to a commission salesperson who's going to try and get you into the worst plan possible that pays the highest commission to the salesperson. They're going to try and screw you. Right. But right. I it, avoid those numbers. <laughs> right. But if you call Medicare itself, odds are 50-50, you're going to get somebody who's also going to try and talk you into a Medicare Advantage plan just because those are the scripts that the Bush, that the uh, Trump administration wrote for them. And it's one of the things that most frustrates me about the Biden administration. I know a few months ago, and, I, I, and, I, and I'm not sure that this has changed, but a few months ago, the guy running Medicare services was, a, was the old Trump appointee. Now, I don't know if uh, Biden has replaced him or not. I, I, I don't keep up on that as, as well as people like Alec Lawson, who was, Alex, uh, you know, was on the show a couple days ago. I should have asked him. But, uh, you know, it, it's entirely possible that Social Security and Medicare are still being run by Trump, Trump hoppers. Well, that's just horrifying because I'm in kind of the middle or the early part of the second half of the baby boomers. And there's a lot of us coming yet. And if we don't know what's going on, if we don't listen to people like you, we don't have a clue because the Medicare, the government people aren't telling us. I know. I it's know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a genuine crisis. Aaron, thank you for the call. And thanks for highlighting that <laughs> issue. It's a huge issue. Thank you so much. Dr. Robert in Bainbridge Island, Washington. Hey, Doc, what's up? Hey, what's up, Doc? I like that, Tom. Um, by the way, I'm in the great city of Polesville, Washington today instead of Bainbridge, but uh, they're, they're right next to each other. And I wanted to follow up on your excellent point of diagnosing the former president. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. As a narcissist. Yeah. But uh, I think... Are you a doctor of psychology? I am. I'm a licensed uh, psychologist, and uh, one of the things I've been involved in over my career is uh, being an expert witness in involuntary detention hearings for people that have mental disorders. Mm -hmm. And in almost every state, including the states of Florida and New Jersey, there are laws in effect that uh, require a person who may be suspected of having such problems to be involuntarily evaluated and treated. And uh, I think it's worth noting that uh, your point about narcissism is really only part of Trump's difficulties. Have you heard of the concept of dark triad? Yeah, I was just, I was just thinking he's suffering from the dark, dark triad. I almost jumped in and said that. Yes, I am. I am familiar with it. Go ahead, though. Dark Explain triad. it to our listeners. Well, just for the point of yeah, reference is that narcissism is one of three characteristics of the dark triad, which has been associated with some very interesting things. They've done research, a, a fair amount of it, showing that the person who has this constellation of personality characteristics, the dark triad, is prone to commit many crimes, to cause social distress, and to create problems in organizations, including their own organizations. Yeah, I, I which, frankly uh, don't recall off the top of my head what the dark triad included. Do you want to just, for, for everybody and myself included, remind me? Yeah, let's, let's, let's run it down just very briefly. Narcissism is that tendency to be very grandiose, egotistic. Right. And, uh, so that's number one. You're the center of the universe. That's number one. But also what's been called sociopathy mm -hmm. in the popular language mm -hmm. is called in the professional language antisocial personality disorder. Right. And it has to do more with the person who really is willing to violate social norms with, they think, impunity and they have no remorse. They're not concerned with breaking the law or hurting other people. Right. 
Um, and number three is? Psychopathy. Number three is called Machiavellianism or the authoritarian ah, yeah. personality. There you go. Which is a person who's manipulative, amoral, and really only concerned with what they think will achieve their goals. So, you know, it's named after the prince, yeah. Machiavelli, who excelled at that. But any one of those constitutes a mental disorder, our basis for that involuntary evaluation and treatment. But uh, I would say that the three of them together would warrant that. And any mental health professional in those states could actually be called upon to carry out such an so, evaluation. So we should involuntarily institutionalize Donald Trump? Is that, is that your, your well, argument? Not, not institutionalize him necessarily, but just at least evaluate and treat him for 72 hours. There you go. Washington. Hey, Trish, what's on, what's on your mind today? Hi, I contacted the insurance commissioner's office and told them I had questions about Medicare Advantage. So they told me they had someone, a specialist there that could answer all my questions. And what he told me was that Medicare Advantage has to cover the exact same things that Medicare covers. Not true. So I just wondered, is it different in different states, or was that just, no, like you said, uh, the, not true? Yeah, the, the, the person was, I mean, it might technically be true in that, you know, if you break a hip, they have to cover that. If you if you get COVID, they have to cover that, whatever. I mean, you know, maybe that they have to cover the same things, but the way they cover it can be very, very different. They could charge you thousands of dollars in premiums. They can refuse to let you get the tests two or three times in a row before you finally get it. Uh, they can basically make life miserable for you. They can make you pay the entire doctor's bill if, if you know, an anesthesiologist who you didn't even meet gets snuck in who's not, quote, part of the network. There's a whole lot of different ways that they, you know, but, but yeah, if, 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 if all he meant was the same diseases that are, that are protect, you know, that, that Medicare has to pay for, Medicare Advantage has to pay for, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but the way that they pay for it and the, and the, and the, you know, I mean, literally when I went through this back surgery a couple of weeks ago, I didn't hear a thing from Medicare. Nothing had to be pre-qualified. My doctor was ecstatic about that. Um, you know, in fact, they got me in early because of that, because I didn't have to, you know, and I was in a lot of pain. I had terrible sciatic pain and, uh, you know, the whole thing. And it was, and, and my doctor made it very clear. It's because you have real Medicare and a Medicare, a Medigap plan, you know, that, that fills in that 20% that we can do this surgery. And, and the only correspondence I've gotten from Medicare was I got an email from them day before yesterday saying, here's the link if you want to see the bills that we paid. And, you know, I click on that link and it lists all the, you know, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to my surgery. And it, they're all marked paid. That's it. So. Well, I also asked if I could get off of Medicare Advantage and get back onto regular Medicare. And what I found out was just like you said, it's just about impossible because I would have to ask or answer a bunch of questions from another insurance company to find out 
No, you you don't. You just you, no. You you can go back to regular Medicare. The challenge will be getting the Medigap policy to to cover you if you've been on Medicare Advantage for more than a year. Well, then, I think that's what they meant. Yeah, yeah. the Medigap. Okay, people but, would but, be asking. But me the questions. open. Yeah, and they will. But and and but you still may be able to get it. But the the qualification period begins, I think, on December fifteenth, or is it October fifteenth? I, I think I, it's October. October fifteenth. Okay, yeah, that's, that sounds right. And that's you know when you want to start making those phone calls, and you'll be able to tell because on TV you'll see a million ads for Medicare Advantage. Um, but uh, that that's that's when you can make that change. Trisha, I got to move well, along, but thank uh, you for the call and and good luck. I wish you the very best. Deborah in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, Deborah, what's up? Hi, Mr. Hartman. Hi, Deborah. Um, it's good to talk with you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've had similar experience with um, inquiring about original Medicare mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, Medicare Advantage plan and. Uh, from listening to your show, I've stayed with Original Medicare. My question is, are there any or is there one Medigap plan that you would recommend or where can we go to learn of those plans? Most all of the big insurance companies, uh, uh, Aetna, uh, United Healthcare, Mutual of Omaha, all offer Medigap plans, and the, the thing about them is Medigap was part of the original Medicare law, and so the Medigap plans are heavily regulated. They, there's, there's, I believe, six different kinds. They're labeled A, B, C, D, E, and F, or something like that, and basically it's just different levels of uh, co-pays, and you know, some are cheaper. You pay, you have a higher co-pay. The, the one I have is, uh, I think, the most expensive, but it's got no co-pay at all. And, and it cost me, I think, in the neighborhood of 280 to $300 a month, something like that. Um, but uh, that's how it works. And they're all largely the same. I like companies that have the word mutual in their name because those companies, even if they're not still mutual, truly mutual companies, the first mutual insurance company in the world was started by Ben Franklin in Pennsylvania. In fact, it still exists. And mutual companies are companies where when you buy a policy, you're actually... It's just like with a with a credit union. You're actually becoming uh, a, a member. You're you're essentially a stockholder in the company, and so the uh, you know the benefits and profits come to the you know are used to lower prices and things. You know, so I went with one of the mutual companies. I don't want to name it on the air, but um, uh, but I you know I think that all of them are are, are probably just fine. But you can shop between them. Um, the the big three are are Mutual of Omaha. Um, uh, United Healthcare and Aetna, but I think there's a couple of other smaller insurance companies that offer them as well. Answer Thank your question? You. Okay. Thank yeah. You. Thanks a lot, Deborah. Good to hear from you. Jerry in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, Jerry, what's up? Hey, Tom. I disagree. Anyone who would take Joe Namath's advice on buying into his Medicare Advantage from the very same corporate profiteers and criminals as Tom Hartman cheerfully overpays for his Medigap coverage, would probably vote for Herschel Walker. Okay. All right. Jerry, th thank you. I'm not sure what that means, but you know, thanks for the call. Donna in Muldrow, Oklahoma. Hey, Donna, what's on your mind? Uh, hello, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. I am calling about my uh, drug uh, program. Mm -hmm. I have a supplemental program. I'm on Medicare. Mm -hmm. And I have cancer, so I take uh, 
uh, hydrocodone every month or every day. But I also take another drug, and I'm with Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is a good company, Mm -hmm. and I've only been on it this year. This is their Medigap plan you're talking about? Yes, yes, my Medigap. Just a drug plan. Oh, this is is Medicare Part D. That's that's a separate thing. Yes. Yes. But here's what's so confusing to me. I have had, I've been on Medicare for years now. I've had different uh, drug programs and I, you know, they say, okay, this is what we're going to pay for the drug and I get it every month and that's what they pay. Well, one of my drugs is uh, $5 a month. That's my pay. Well, the other one is for my hydrocodone, which is for pain. And it goes anywhere from $4.25 a month to $41.44 a month. And when I called them, they said it's the manufacturer's approved amount. I've never heard of that. Have you heard of that? No, it sounds like a pharmacy is figuring out a way to jack prices on you. That's what I'm wondering. And yeah. so would that be the pharmacy that I get it from? Or would that be I don't. Pharmacy? I don't know. You know, there's, there's these things called pharmacy benefit managers, and they're like the middlemen in the pharmaceutical industry and, you know, between the drug companies and the insurance companies. And, 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 the, and the pharmacies themselves. And it's insanely profitable. It's largely unregulated. There are efforts by a number of Democrats in Congress to start regulating this industry. Um, and I don't know where the system is breaking down for you or is, you know, it's probably operating the way it's intended to, which is to extract maximum profit from, from its customers, that being you. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what to tell you to do, Donna, other than, you know, call the insurance company and ask them what's going on and call the pharmacy and say, what's the difference? And if you get one of these gibberish answers, like, you know, well, it has to do with the manufacturer, blah, blah, blah. Just say, what does that mean? You know, I want to write down the details here so I can call my member of Congress and, and see what happens. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to know. What should be my next step? So you think call my member of Congress? Well, yeah, get a little more information, but yeah, raise some hell, Donna. Good talking to you. Thank you. Picking up your phone calls. A lot to talk about in the news today. Millie, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Millie, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. I I wanted to call because I worked in a business office at a cardi- cardiology clinic in Wisconsin. And a few years ago, one of the billers had received mul- multiple calls from patients saying, why were their claims wrong? Why did they have larger patient responsibility? abilities do and why weren't some of their services covered and they were really confused well the biller had received uh, you know at least one other patient call maybe two and she said well you switched from your original medicare to an advantage plan and um she said that the uh, medicare advantage didn't cover the same services exactly and after she and she said you know you you'll be responsible um we'll set up a payment plan but next year during open enrollment go back to your old original medicare plan and after she hung up she said some salesperson was calling all these seniors in the community and convinced them to switch from their original medicare to his weird, obscure Medicare advantage. And all these seniors were confused. They didn't realize the consequences. And I I don't know if you've been to a cardiology clinic, but even one service can cost a lot of money. And 
um, the biller was furious and just said, you know, there's nothing we can do to stop these con artists out there calling seniors and convincing them from leaving their original yeah, no, I, I get these calls from people on Medicare Advantage and they're like, I have Medicare Advantage. I've never had a problem. And I'm like, well, you know, have you been hospitalized? No, I've never been really sick. And I'm like, well, wait, just wait, you know, just wait. I mean, I, I, yeah, was, I, I had back surgery two weeks ago. I've not seen one, literally one penny of billing, not a penny because I have real Medicare. You were going to say something, Millie? Yeah, I was going to say it's. You know, too often seniors are just conned by these salespeople. Yep. And I really am shocked to hear how much money they receive to con these poor seniors who are already confused about the system to change from their original to, you yeah. know, in some cases, these obscure Medicare Yeah, no, I totally get it. And they, and they make 750 bucks a pop for talking you into it. Millie, thank you for the call. We'll be right back. Lana in Chattanooga. Lana, I just have 30 seconds. You, you wanted to make something quick about Medicare and drugs? Yes, the lady that called you with the, her uh, pharmacy that was overcharging her mm -hmm. for her hydrocodone. Even though she's on Medicare, because my husband is this as well, and he is in pain management, he uses good RX. And oh. you are allowed to use good RX even if you're on Medicare. Okay, that's great advice. A different yeah. pharmacy. Yeah, that's that's a, it's it's basically a coupon system. It's a little app you can put on your phone and walk into the pharmacy and you'll get a discount. That's great advice. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for being with us today. I truly appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. So anyhow, have a great afternoon. Be sure, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. There's a lot to do, and we've only got a, a you know, couple of months to do it here. Big election coming up. So get out there, get active. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great You've afternoon. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.